Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Talk radio with Rosita and Robert. It's November 1st, the day right after Daylight Savings Time. Or is it Daylight Standard Time or whatever the heck it is. And as always, I'm joined here at the helm by my brother in the martial arts, Seafood Robert Deal. Seafood Bob, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well. Last night was a very long night for me, but I want to we went. It's longer since well, we went fall back. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was just busier than Ellie yesterday. But I want to impart Bob Deal's wisdom on you. I Bob do. Bob Deal's wisdom on you. On the listeners in the show and you. Did you know okay. a, a quiet man is a thinking man? A quiet woman is usually mad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What's wrong? Nothing. Just go to sleep. Yeah, just go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what always irritated me? If you don't know what's wrong, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. (laughs) And I told somebody, because I'm driving for Lyft now, I told somebody last night, don't ever do that because guys are idiots. Guys do not know. If we knew what was wrong, we'd try to fix it. Mm-hmm. But we're stupid. We have no clue. None. <laughs> and so, don't think so we you, do because you're wrong. Yes. Yeah, so we, 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 you told a gal this that was in the lift car with you or in your car? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. And you know what? Every time I tell a girl, a woman, that a guy is an idiot, I've uh-huh. never had anybody say, no, they're not. <laughs> Nobody disagrees. <laughs> Nobody disagrees with me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe there is truth to to that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned, folks, because later on at around 6.30 or so, we're going to be joined by a martial artist, blogger, and author, Andrea Harkins. So if you want to call in and uh, ask about her blogs, her books, her career as a life coach, give us a call, 347-677-0699. But if you don't want to call, you can go ahead and hit us up on our chat board on the Blog Talk Radio Show Marquee. I guess it would help if I opened the chat board. Let's do that. (laughs) And the chat board is up now. All right. I have something else to share with you. A friend of mine shared that is a manager of a retail establishment. Well, not really a little, a little bit of retail. Mm -hmm. They, they, if you, if you're, there is a holiday. Now, not necessarily am I saying the Halloween is a major holiday, but there's a lot of partying going on. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you go, if it's time for you to go to work and you are still in your Halloween costume, 
and you are still drunk, call in quick. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> did, did, Don't you go in. Somebody, did, did you see somebody still dressed up in their Halloween costume? And loaded. Oh, man. That's got to suck. At 7 in the morning. Oh, yeah. See, that... Oh, that sucks. See, you know, that's why I don't miss my 20s. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't miss my 20s at all. <laughs> the going to work, you know, still plaster. That that ain't right. I'll just say that. That ain't right. I don't miss it at all. Anyhow. No. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get moving on with the show. Let's go ahead and start with birthdays. Um, I'll go ahead and start. We want to send some birthday shout-outs out there to Will Morgan, who is the son of famed wit maker David Morgan, who passed away some months ago. And uh, Marinda Chen, their birthdays are today. And uh, Grandmaster Ron Liu, uh, the creator of the uh, Tibetan Wave uh, Bullwhip system and a Dos Ipares, uh, Grandmaster. His birthday is tomorrow the 2nd. Grandmaster Vince Palumbo, also of Kakoe Dos Ipares. His birthday is on the 4th. Um, an old student of mine, uh, Natasha O'Rourke Perry. Happy birthday, Natasha. Her birthday is on the 5th. And to a fellow Dos Ipares and Filipino Martial Arts Academy classmate, Matt Brain. And who do you have for birthdays there, Sifu Bob? I have famed Grandmaster Christina Bannon-Rodriguez. Her birthday is on the 6th. And right a on. good friend of mine, a good friend of the show, and a student of Don Baird's, Bridget Streb Whitesell. Her birthday is on the 7th. Right on. So for everybody out there having a birthday, even though we haven't mentioned your name, here is a tune for you. From the Gulf to the mountains, the city lights and fountains, we hope your birthday's excellent. You are another year older, so perhaps you should be generally awesome. Because today is your day. Hola. You deserve a grand fiesta, and later on fiesta, and the best of everything. Birthday, everyone. Feliz cumpleaños and all that other good stuff. Happy birthday week. <laughs> Have some tequila for us. Because <laughs> the, the thought of tequila actually made me want to kind of puke there for a second. Anyway, all, all right. Um, announcements. Let's, let's get on with some announcements. I want to start because it's fresh on my mind. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah, Seattle folks, listen up. Put on your ears, Seattle folks, because Sifu Bob and I, on November 18th, we are hoping to host Seattle's one-night-only screening of the new martial arts movie, The Martial Arts Kid. And uh, so far, it's been getting a lot of rave reviews all across the country. Um, I don't think it's out on DVD yet, nor do I think you can just go get it on Netflix or something like that. Um, right, uh, right now, it's... Uh, just doing its independent uh, film showings uh, throughout the country um, at selected theaters. 
and at film festivals, and they've already garnered a few awards. I'm I'm really impressed, and uh, it's a it's a really great film. But you know, without giving it away, I, I kind of want to um, hand the mic over to Sifu Bob because he's seen it four times. I've only seen the trailer; I haven't seen it yet. So uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the movie, there, Bob. You know, it's it's an amazing movie. The act, acting is really good. Uh, it has some very famous martial art artists in it: Don the Dragon Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, T.J. Storm. Uh, uh, who am I? Carl Van Meter. Uh, 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 Gerald. Uh, Did you say Matthew oh Ziff? Yeah, well, Matthew the- Ziff, a great actor. He, he, yeah, he Jason sold Penetier. his character. Uh, Jason yeah. Panettiere, the star of the film. Uh, it just right has some on. amazing people, and and you know it's and it's sort of cool going to a movie and knowing a lot of these people or meeting them in person. Yeah, and yeah. met a number of them. I've I know most of them. Uh, mm-hmm. The movie's great. Uh, I hope we get this chance to show it in Seattle. We still need to sell sixty-six tickets in a week and a half. That's going to be stretching. Is it? Why is it that Tug is telling me that they need sixty-four? I don't know. I read it wrong or something. But yeah, we need sixty-something tickets to sell to meet our ticket threshold, folks. And the ticket purchase reservation deadline is November 10th. So there's only 10 days left Um, because they need that extra, like, you know, eight days to get the film up here and, and stuff like that. And um, to notify people and, and stuff like that. So, you know, go see the film, tell your martial arts friends, tell your friends that do martial arts, uh, tell your dojos, tell your Kung Fu ones. um, Cause it's been a while folks since a, a film like this that's comparable a lot of people are comparing it to the karate kid uh but it's not it's been a while since a film like this has come out and it's guaranteed to resonate with today's kids there isn't going to be any of this wax on wax off type stuff although the lesson is still there right um all i'll say it's uh it's about a kid that uh learns martial arts from his aunt and uncle and he learns how to use the philosophies of martial arts to to kind of better his life and to overcome bullying and stuff like that and of course you know there's in in every you know coming of age movie there's got to be a love story uh, but the the backstories and and uh, all the stuff going on in the background is is really cool right a lot of great extras of incredible martial arts talent are in this movie so, you know, go see it. Um, this is Seattle's, if, if this goes, this is going to be Seattle's only showing. Only showing. <laughs> and me and Bob have been working our tails off to try to get it showing over here. Because let's face it, Hollywood can't have all the fun. Come on. Right? So <laughs> That's so, true. And I've got my plane ticket and I'm making my hotel reservation this Wednesday. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to be there regardless. It's just let's make this happen. Yes, let's make this happen, folks. So um, on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, we are going to be plastering it with the um, with the URL. Um, it's, all, it's also plastered on Robert Deal's, Robert Deal, D-E-A-H-L, Facebook page. It's also on my Facebook page, and I'm going to plaster it again tonight. So, you know, go ahead and uh, get your tickets there. The tickets are only 12 bucks, 
And it's going to be, if we make the ticket threshold, it's going to be playing at the Regal Thornton Place 14 Stadium and IMAX. So go check it out. We'll post a link there in just a few minutes. All right. So there's one of my announcements, and that's the only announcement I have. What about you, Bob? Nothing for me this week. All righty. Well, in that case, let's move on to health news. Here we go. Oh, come on. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. So keep tuned in, folks. Again, um, our phone number here is 347-677-0699. At about 630 or probably a little bit after that, we're going to be on the air with Andrea Harkins, and she'll be calling in at about that time. She said she was going to try to Skype. Internet is being kind of wonky. All right. So at the beginning of the show, I, I was mentioning that it, it's that daylight savings time ended. So we had to do the, you know, spring forward, fall back thing, set our clocks back. <clears throat> I woke up this morning so freaking confused because only my clock radio was set back. But there's another clock in my bedroom. Uh, that's on the wall right in front of me. So when like the, when the alarm goes off, I usually look at the clock in front of me so I don't have to like turn over and stuff like that. And I'm like, good lord, why is it so late? Why is it nine o'clock already? <laughs> when it's really eight, you know. And and even though it's an hour and you're really not leaving your time zone, it it can do a number on your body. It it can uh, give off symptoms like jet lag. Um, so, you know, what are some ways to make sure that that extra hour isn't going to affect you? And also, did you guys, did you, I didn't, I didn't know this. I, I knew that Arizona didn't observe daylight savings time, but I, I didn't know that right. Hawaii didn't either. Those are like the only two states. Oh, okay. I wonder why. I mean, is it, I wonder if it's because they get, you know, as much daylight, you know, all year. I don't know. But anyhow. All right, so here are some ways to stay okay after falling back. All right, number one, don't stay up late. I mean, duh, right? When you set the clocks back each fall, your circadian rhythms will cause you to want to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier than your external environment. One of the biggest mistakes that people make is staying up later and thinking that they're going to get an extra hour of sleep. Because your circadian rhythms may wake you early Sunday morning, it's important not to count on that extra sleep time. So that that was my downfall last night. Okay, number two, use the sun. The autumn time change is easier than the spring, particularly for those who work standard daylight hours since you're able to hack your sunlight exposure. So try to get as much late afternoon sun exposure before switching the clocks back, and as much morning sun as possible after switching the clocks to help ease the transition. All right, last but not least, take your time. So if you work a non-traditional schedule or have a little time in the morning, it might ease your transition if you go to sleep and wake up about 10 or 15 minutes later each day of the week before the time change. So it's kind of like getting ready for a uh, crossing the international dateline type of thing during a trip, right? Now, as always, adding a nap can help fend off your drowsiness for anyone that's still struggling with the switch back to standard time. 
And uh, that's it for my health tips on how to deal with uh, spring forward, fall back, fall and back. So anyhow, let's move on to Weird News. Okay, Weird News. I had to do this because of Halloween and because it's in your neck of the woods. Oh, yay. This happened in Washington State. Oh, okay. Driver tries to use carpool lane with zombie baby as passenger. (laughs) That's crazy. A Washington State driver thought he could trick his way through the carpool lane, but cops weren't fooled by the undead occupant. Oh, jeez. (laughs) <laughs> Washington State Patrol said the man had buckled a, in a zombie baby doll complete with blood with blood smeared grin in his car before crossing into the high occupancy vehicle lane during the Tuesday morning commute on Interstate 5 near Tacoma but hmm. an eagle eyed trooper caught the riding dead dummy decked out in a pink onesie and black (laughs) hat in the passenger side of the car. Hmm. Washington State Trooper Guy Gill said the violator was pulled over and giving something far more scarier, a $136 ticket. But... Wow! Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) But the man was let off the hook when the agency gave him a break for not having a car seat, Gil joke. Wait a wait a minute. So wait, they gave him a. How, how do you how do you give someone a break on a ticket if they don't have a car seat? Well, I you guess know, he I'm doesn't not, have a real baby. I guess he doesn't have a real baby, so I guess it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> oh my God! But this is what I gotta say to that guy. You big dummy. That's right. You can't. You know. Just like, I, I mean, I've seen all sorts of stuff. I've seen like, you know, regular, like regular mannequins and stuff like that with a hat on. And I just got, right. I just got to laugh. It's like, really, you know, I mean, over here, um, we've got uh, uh, something called good to go. And on one of the uh, freeways out here, if you have a, a good to go pass, you can go in the HOV lane if you don't have two or more people, but of course, you pay for it, right? I forget how much it is. But, um, you know, are you really going to risk almost a $200 ticket just because you don't want to pay four bucks? <laughs> some, pe- some people are just so stupid. Anyhow. Well, right. That must be an expensive <laughs> thing to get because if, if it was cheap, everybody would get it and it would defeat the purpose of the carpool lane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the the thing is, though, is that, you know, I don't know how it works, but some people just stay out of the carpool lane if uh, they don't have um, the good-to-go pass um, because it, it takes a while. Like, I put in my uh, my application for a good-to-go pass because I crossed the, uh, the 520 floating bridge, and it's a toll bridge. And uh, in, with the good-to-go pass, I think it's like three-something. And if you just pay by mail and you don't have a good-to-go pass, it's like four bucks, right? And uh, ever since I started teaching out in Bellevue, I have to cross the 520 bridge every week. So it's like, I might as well just get a good-to-go pass. 
Um, and it's just something that you put like, you know, on, uh, on, on your, um, on your windshield and the cameras click it and, you know, and then they take money out of your account and stuff like that. But, um, I guess just some people just don't get it cause they don't want to. And, and if you do get caught in the HOV lane, you know, you get that hundred and something dollar ticket. So I don't think anyone's going to want to risk that. So, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, I just think that guy's no, stupid. And, and and down here to get in the HOV lane, well, one you have to have two more people, or an electric car. It's not totally oh, electric, okay. but you have to have something that plugs in. Oh, okay, that makes, to qualify. That makes sense. Because yeah, when I was buying my Prius a, a, a month or almost two ago, I asked him, "Do I am I going to qualify for the HOV lane?" He said, "Absolutely not. That's strictly for for plug-in models." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I cuz I was going to ask, I you know, you've got no place to plug in. <laughs> what, what, what are you going to do exactly. with an extension cord, you know? <laughs> that would be all a long extension cord. Yeah, I I'm guessing that that's great for people with garages and stuff like that. But anyhow. All right. Well, let's move on to entertainment news. Well, Billy Bob Thornton is a well-known actor in the entertainment industry you know he's uh-huh. done some some he did bad santa he did the bad news bears uh-huh. well billy bob thornton was taken to an la hospital in ambulance after a car accident on friday law enforcement sources tell tell tmz thornton was the passenger in the car that collided with another in west hollywood around six forty-five a.m we're told the actor was complaining of a head injury, so paramedics took him to Cedar Sinai Medical Center to get checked out. A rep for Billy tells us it was nothing serious, but paramedics urged him to go to the hospital to make sure not everything else was fine. Mm-hmm. He, re- he returned to the set of his newest project later in later in the day. So mm. it looks like he's okay, just suffered minor injuries, and he's going to be fine. Oh, Okay. Wow. And like okay. last night, I work. You know, I worked lift really late last night. I mean, like three thirty in the morning. Technical, uh-huh. not with daylight savings. It was still three thirty, according to my body. And I was on the <laughs> yeah. way home, and I was almost home. I mean, I could I I could smell Burbank in the in the horizon. I was almost home. <laughs> I was done. My last one, and then traffic stopped. Wow. Four-lane highway. Yeah, four-lane highway. Three lanes were closed due to an accident. Hmm. Now, I'm sorry. I I have a feeling anybody who is in a traffic accident at 3.30 in the morning when roads are absolutely perfectly clear, there was some kind of substance. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Some some kind of of alcohol-induced trance was done. Folks, this is the reason for Lyft and Uber. In fact, mm-hmm. one guy gets in my car Friday. First time I'd ever picked anybody up at a bar, and they weren't drunk drunk, but they were a little mm-hmm. buzzed. you got to respect. They wanted to, to be safe going home. And he says, oh, thank God for Uber and Lyft because who can afford the, the DUI and this and that? And I said, well, just think about it. When you when 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 the ride's over, I just saved you $10,000 for you riding in my car. Because that's what right. cause in California now it's very expensive monetarily. You've got to do community service. 
you now on the first DUI in California now, you have to put a breathalyzer in your car. What? Yes, on the I, very first one. And you pay huh. monthly fees and it costs you a thousand dollars to put that breathalyzer in your car. Holy or you don't crap. drive. Yeah. Wow. Holy crap. <laughs> now, how does that work with people that, like, come driving in, like, from out of state? Like, if I were to come in from out of state with a rental car, I mean, how does that work? Is it just residents that have, you know, I mean, how does it, I don't, I don't get it. Oh, I see your point. Yeah, pr- probably only residents, because how can they afford enforce it in Washington State? I mean, you still have to do the fines, you still have to do the community, but how could they put make you put a breathalyzer in your car unless they had a deal with Washington State. GMB. Right, that's true. Yeah, there's yeah, and and there's no way that they'd be able to know that I'd be coming back into California, you know. But wow, that's yeah. that's wild—a breathalyzer. <laughs> and you said it costs how much? It costs a thousand to put it in, plus there's a fee, a monthly fee on top of it. What? So is this one of those things where, like, you can't start the car unless you, like, blow into this thing? Yep, you can't start the car. You have to blow into it every single time you get in your car to go anywhere, and you have to be under the legal limit of alcohol. Wow. Wow. So I I guess that probably, you know, would explain why people are looking for alternate rides to... To parties and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. Now, know, I car drove is right a outside, lot of... but I can't start it. I can't start That's the right. car. So now I need a ride. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I drove a lot of people to parties last night. And Friday was, for some reason, Friday was really slow. I mean, an extremely slow night, like my slowest. But Saturday, I was driving to a lot of parties. Not picking mm-hmm. up, and I didn't pick up any drunks last night. And I didn't have to go to Hollywood or West Hollywood. They were actually expecting last night, they were actually expecting 500,000 people in Hollywood, in uh, West Hollywood last night. Oh, crazy. <laughs> That's why people were not going over the hill. That's why I was able to actually stay out of Hollywood. Oh, good. Wow. That, that would be nuts. See, that would drive me insane. If I were a tourist and, like, you took me to Hollywood, you know, during you know, some holiday like that, I would go ape. I would, you know, someone would get an elbow to the head. <laughs> too yes. many people. Too many well, drunk well, people. Last night, I drove somebody into Luca Lake. Now, I took you into Luca Lake. That's where Miley Cyrus lives and Bob Hope lives uh-huh. and Jonas Brothers and all these famous people live. So what happens was a lot of these streets don't have sidewalks. So last night, I had to take somebody to the edge of Toluca Lake, and instead of turning around, which I should have, I decided, okay, I'm just going to go down these blocks. I'll come back out, no problem. Well, mm-hmm. in Toluca Lake, and my, I heard my wife just chuckle because she knows what happened last night, that oh. <laughs> these people are shoulder to shoulder across the street. Oh, man. And you cannot drive because there's no sidewalks. Oh, and man. it took me... And I had people calling me going, where are you? I called for a lift, and I had to apologize because I couldn't go anywhere, and it didn't matter what street I turned down. They were all the oh, same. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. And man. you just have to try to be safe. And... Oh, it was nuts. 
Yeah, I'll bet. Oh, my gosh. All right. I was going to say something about crazy. Oh, 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 not, not about crazy tourists in Hollywood. Uh, speaking of tourists, um, since Bob is coming out to my neck of the woods, uh, November 18th. Actually, when are you coming in? You're coming in like the 17th, right? Or no, no you're coming no, in on the 18th. Of, I'm uh, 18th and on leaving 18th. on Friday and then leaving on the 20th, right? Okay. So, uh, okay. So I'm going to ask all my Seattle Puget Sounder friends out there, you know, what, where should I take Sifu Bob? Should I do the usual, have him do the usual Space Needle thing? Now, keep in mind, folks, that I'm going to be at work for for a little bit of that, right? So from like 11 to 2 or 10 to 2, I'm I'm going to I'm going to be at work and uh and then classes start at around 5 o'clock at my place. So <laughs> so what can we do that's quick, that's fun, that doesn't involve me having to like pay up the nose for parking? Um now he's going to be on his own while I'm at work, so I I already said he should go to the space needle. I'm going to be uh, right there. I mean, I'm going to be at the travel lodge. It's in the, yep. in the shadow of the Space Needle. I can That's do right. that. I hope the weather is going to hold up. Uh, yeah, it, there's just, I'm hoping there so, There are too. a couple things I want to see. I want to see a Kai What's Beach. That? I want to see okay. uh, Bill Gates' house. Uh, okay. I'd love to see it from the inside, but I know that. <laughs> I don't even know if, if regular people can, like, get close enough to actually see it. You know, I, cause well, I, 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 that was on a tourist website though for, for Seattle. Hmm. I definitely huh, okay. want to see, uh, Brandon and, and Bruce Lee's graves. Definitely. I think, uh, I think definitely that's something we should do, uh, Thursday before classes. We can, uh, go, uh, pay respects and stuff like and that. I would and, like to see, cause I'm not sure where he is though, but I understand Jimi Hendrix is also buried up there. I don't know if they're in the same cemetery. Alex. Yes, no, they're not. He's buried up yeah. in uh, in Renton, um, at the uh, top of one of the hills up here in Renton. So, I mean, I don't know oh. exactly where. I've I've been there once, and all I can remember was that there's you know a bunch of like liquor bottles and flowers and stuff around his grave. But we can try it. <laughs> We could try it. It's just tough, though, because it's like, you know, we've only got like a three or four hour window after I get out of work unless I, you know, unless I say, hey, I'm skipping out. So anyhow. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, anyway, why don't we do this, everybody? Uh, Let's take a short break. And when we return, we're going to be talking to author, martial artist and blogger Andrea Harkin. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. 
Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children. And we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All righty, and we are back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Ristita and Robert. Well, I'd like to take a minute and uh, introduce our special guest today. She is a martial artist, a black belt in Tang Sudo, uh, a martial artist practitioner for over 26 years. And she's also a blogger and an author. I really don't know how she does it. I mean, I have great respect for anyone that can juggle all that. And she's a life coach. So <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, isn't it, Bob? That's a lot, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. But you know what's amazing that she's been studying for, for 26 years? Because she looks like she's only 25. Aw, how cool is that? Well, let's go ahead and bring on our special guest, Andrea Harkins. Andrea, thanks for joining us today. Hello. Hello. Hi. Can everybody hey, hear me Andrea. okay? Yeah, we can hear Hey, how are you? Really I'm good. good. I'm Excellent. Good. Well, yeah. well, first of all, thank you so much for that great intro. And, of course, that I only look 25 years old. I mean, I'll take that any day. Um, in, all, <laughs> in all actuality, I'm 52 years old. Um, and those photos that you have up there make me look wonderful. So um, I'll just thank the photographer, Brian Malfont, who took some of those photos for me. And um, he did a great job. But anyway, I am so thrilled to be here. So thrilled <laughs> to talk you to you for, guys. 
Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us and taking the time out of your busy schedule because I know you're busy uh, typing away and all that other I kind am, of stuff. I am so busy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I do many things. Mm-hmm. Bad day job on top of all those other things. So I, I'm just, Thank you know, Molly. I'm a very productive person. Um, but I love martial arts, and that's why I'm here to talk to you today. And um, I don't even know where you want to start, but if you have some questions, let's get going. Yeah. And I'll be happy yeah. to start. Well, what uh, Bob and I usually like to do is uh, to have our guests jump in the Wayback Machine and tell us a little bit about how they got started in the martial arts and what and what motivated them to take up martial arts as opposed to, you know, like skiing or anything like that. So can you tell our listeners a little bit right. about your martial arts journey? Yes, I would love to. And it, and it's kind of funny. I had no interest in martial arts. Uh, a year after I was married, and back in 1989, my husband decided he wanted to to take a martial art, and he um, had taken it when he was younger, but I never had, and, you know, being newly married, he wanted to do it, so I went mm-hmm. with him to the dojo, and I, that first day, and I tell this story many times, it, that first day, it was one of these great dojos, back in the day, you know, there were lots of people at the dojo, it was a big open space here in Florida, it was hot, we didn't have air conditioning in the place. Everybody just loved working out. But there were tons of black belts in there that night, and they were doing katas and yelling and board breaks. And I just looked at my husband and I said, there is no way I'm doing this. There is no way. Um, so it was, it was really quite funny because I just thought, in my head, this is not for me. So I did try, and before I knew it, I really started to enjoy it. So it became something I really loved and that my husband and I could do together. And what some people don't know, because I don't really even talk about it much, is that he and I still practice martial arts together. We own a small uh, martial art program that we teach, and two of our children teach with us. We have four kids. And Mm -hmm. so martial arts has been part of not only our marriage, but our lives for 26 years now. Uh, that's how I got started, and uh, I I don't know how I even did it for so long, but it just seems like yesterday, and <laughs> and here I am doing so much more with it. Uh, one thing that often comes up because I am, I am a second degree, mm-hmm. one thing that often comes up is why I'm only a second degree after 26 mm-hmm. years. You would mm-hmm. expect mm-hmm. someone maybe to be a master by then. Um, I moved away from my original dojo, not far, but maybe an hour or so, and it was Mm -hmm. just very difficult for me to ever get back there. After Mm -hmm. I received my second degree, which was way back in 1997, I just started teaching consistently, and we, my husband and I taught at a low-income, high-risk community center for seven years after that, just for free, just Mm -hmm. as a volunteer program, and then we just taught on and off for for different, you know, for our sensei, for ourselves, and then we started this program. So we've just consistently been instructors. I just consider myself an everyday martial artist and a sensei, mm-hmm. and and for it. So I do plan at some point to maybe pursue another degree when the time is right. But I don't have to. It's just something that I would want to do for my own students. 
so that I could promote mm-hmm. them higher if necessary and that kind of thing. So that's mm-hmm. my story. Wow, right on. Now, you said that when you first saw people doing their katas and yelling, you're like, oh, heck no. Well, what, what, what was it initially that kind of made you go, meh, it's not for me? Well, board breaking scared, scared me. And I have a great mm-hmm. board breaking story. But board breaking, I had never really seen that. I had never really seen martial artists up close. And when you go back 26 years, even today, and, you know, women in the martial arts is a topic that I discuss a lot, but even back mm-hmm. then, there were less women. So the dojo was filled mostly with men. I felt pretty comfortable because I was there with my husband. Mm-hmm. There were a few women, and the few women who were there were very good. They were already black belts. So they were good role models. But that, that those first couple of classes, just watching the yelling, the kiops, uh-huh. which I had never done before, breaking, fighting. These are things that throughout my life I was never taught. I never even considered doing breaking things. I don't break things. I try to fix things. Uh, I don't uh-huh. fight. I try to make peace. And even though in reality the martial artist is peaceful, I would never look for a fight. You you do need to understand fighting. But those mm-hmm. are just concepts that as a woman considered learning until that point mm-hmm. and that's why it took me a little bit of time to get over the hump of of what was really going on and to not worry so much about it and be open to learning it mm-hmm. and that was that was the fear i guess the fear of, of not understanding it or knowing what it meant and, mm-hmm. and being a woman in it so those were the, the few things that that came to my mind initially Right on. Well, very good. Yes. well, you mentioned something about about men because you're right. At that point, it was men were prevalent. Uh, yeah. Did you encounter any challenges in your martial arts, uh, like having to prove yourself uh, and and maintain your composure? Because you must have gone through an era of sex of a lot of sexist comments. Right. And I am very actually very happy to say that I did not have to. I good. worked yeah. with people who were very respectful. Now, what I would say happened a lot more than sexism where I was was maybe machoism where mm-hmm. the men like to really show what they knew and as teachers show me over and over and over. Uh, mm-hmm. and so it was a little bit of maybe an ego or machoism type thing, but I never felt threatened and I never felt like I had to prove myself Although I was pushed by you know, my teachers to perform to the best of my level, but I never felt that it was a challenge against my womanhood as a martial artist. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate, but I do know I have heard stories, and, and there are definitely issues out there even today where women feel challenged that they need to prove that they're as good a martial artist. And what I always tell people, and this is always a little controversial, but I believe women and men are different in martial mm-hmm. arts. They learn the same. They, we're taught the same things, but there are definite different perspectives and different ways that we use our martial art in our lives. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just natural. You know, In a marriage, a husband and wife have, have different responsibilities, if you might say, or perspectives. Mm-hmm. 
uh, siblings who are brothers and sisters have have different reactions to life. So in martial arts, I don't see it any differently. Women and men have some differences. Neither is better than the other. They're just different. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. So uh, I believe I yeah I believe that too because because uh, I guess what I don't understand is that there are um, a lot of people still <clears throat> out there that that do recognize that men and women do have you know that there's a difference between you know how men and women practice martial arts even even down to their motivation for taking it but there's still a lot of people out there that still demand that the martial arts are to be done this one way and most likely it's you know done a male way you know and it kind of makes me go how yeah. how does you know how do they recognize you know that the women and men are different but then they still demand it to be this one way i you know it's 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 been a it's been a question on my mind for like 20 years well <laughs> Rusty, and, and that's actually a very good question and there's a very good friend of ours that demands that you go down right right down a pipe at somebody and rip their eyes out and that will work right. for him and it will work every time mm-hmm. a woman has to be gentler right. she can't necessarily go down the pipe at somebody she's going to have to sidestep to 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 get access to his throat or get access to his eyes or get access to his groin mm-hmm. uh now you have to take into consideration Andrea, that that rusty's been doing this maybe one or two days longer than you I won't say how long because that'll show some age things. Right. And she had, she, she had, to, <laughs> she had, she as well had to go through a lot of this because, you know, back in the day there was even more of it when she started. Right. It was. It wasn't it, that. Yeah, there are bad. differences. <laughs> there are there are differences, <laughs> and I think you're right, Andrea, in that 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 you know I I was I didn't have to go. Oh yeah, well. Of course I can do this. And I've never had to, like, prove myself, you know, worthy, quote, unquote. Right. You know, like in the movies, you have to prove yourself worthy to be in my dojo. Rah, rah, rah. You know, it's, it's it was never like that. Right. Because I'm too lucky to, to have a very respectful peers um, and teachers. Um, but, you know, then when I got into Kajikembo, um, there was no it was it was almost as if they didn't know that there were two sexes you know i mean if they they were going to throw you on the ground they threw you on the ground they didn't care who you were and i was like you know this right. this is right. actually what you know this is actually what i need right um but there yeah. were just a couple times where the machoism came out and uh it right. just, it, it was yeah and it was it was uncomfortable and it was like Ugh. but it wasn't you know, it wasn't anything like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, although I've had a couple of guys that were lower ranks, actually, um, and I won't say which art, but uh, there were a couple of guys that were lower ranked than me, like color rank. And I was a black belt that made uh, sexually right. suggestive comments. And I was like, how dare you? How dare you talk yeah. to an upper rank that, you idiot? But it, anyway. <laughs> well, Rusty, you I mean think, to um, tell me all the way coming up? You never had to plug somebody during sparring because you had to prove yourself. I mean, try to take their head off. You mean you mean like um, by my choice? <laughs> like what? Yeah. You, you mean by my choice? You know, like we'll yes, be like by oh, this your is choice. Jerk. And I well, yes. okay, there were a couple times, yeah. Just you know, like oh, this yeah. guy's being a jerk, you know. <laughs> but anyhow. <laughs> well. 
things <laughs> things definitely happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's interesting. That's definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, women have different women have, all the way to the size and shape of a woman's body and where her strengths are. All of that comes into to play in the martial arts. So, like I said, they're they're different, but but definitely can be very effective. Can definitely fight back can definitely escape you know all of those things just Mm -hmm. sometimes in a different way than a man so uh, it's it's a good topic Uh, i've been chastised on occasion for mentioning the differences some women don't like me to even mention that there are differences they they want to be fully compare comparable to a man and to me, I just I I can't see it that way. But I do understand the perspective in that they want their right. training to be the same and uh, to be able to do the same techniques and and that kind of thing. So right. definitely a good topic though, and and lots yeah. to talk about there. Yeah. A lot of what I've done though, and I'll I'll just go ahead and transition a little bit yeah. from the martial arts part of it because that's a that's a great part of my life. I don't do it as as much as some people. I only teach five classes a week. That I train as well because I train while I teach. Uh, mm-hmm. I continually work on on what I know. But what I've done for myself is turn some of this. I'm also a writer. I've been a, a writer at heart since I was just a young girl, and never really put the two together until somebody suggested that I do that. I actually submitted an article for uh, a magazine a couple of years ago, and at the time I wasn't very confident about my writing, but I thought I, I saw something that said they needed articles, and I went ahead and sent one in, and I'm very nervous about it. Uh, but it was accepted, and it was the first article I had published, and from there I started to gain some confidence in the fact that I could combine my two passions, writing and martial arts, and actually create an outreach for everyone, not just martial artists, even though I write about martial arts, but there's always a positive message. I try to send out a motivational message and give people hope and ways to better their own lives and find positivity through my martial art mindset. Mm -hmm. So after I wrote that first article, uh, I started blogging, which was... Uh, an outreach, as I suggested. I was doing a lot of volunteer work at the time, but needed to be home a little more. And so I thought, you know what, I can take my writing and my martial arts and put it into something that would be helpful to other people. So mm-hmm. I started writing these little stories about my own life, little tidbits about obstacles I had to overcome and how I used a martial art mindset. And it just started to get very popular with people because they – found something that they don't see a lot, and that is how to just be a happier person, a good, positive person. And those are my messages mm-hmm. that I put into the blog. And um, so it's been a, a great outreach for me, and that's why I did it. That's why I started doing doing the blog. Right on. Now, um, um, before I forget yeah. to ask, where can our listeners find your blog? How do we find it? The blog is the same name as the book that I'm going to be talking about shortly. The blog mm-hmm. is www.themartialartswoman.com. That's Got the it. name that I've been using uh, for myself, and that's what I use for the blog. 
so it's very easy to find, and there's lots of stories in there. And I, like I said, there's a lot of non-martial artists who read it just for the inspirational parts of it and suggestions mm-hmm. on how they can overcome obstacles themselves. Oh, very um, cool. And so since I wrote that first, yeah, since I wrote that first magazine article, I now write for several magazines and my blog, and, of course, this um, awesome book that I'm working on that's an amazing collaboration. Oh, right on. Yes. Bob is like, what book? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Let's let's segue into that. Yeah, let's segue into that. Yes. uh, Yes. Now, this Um, book, do you find it to be – like uh, kind of like a mm, like an expanded continuation, so to speak, of your blog. It is in many respects. It's a an expansion of what I'm doing in the blog because what I'm contributing to the book, and I'm the main contributor. What I'm contributing are stories about my life, interesting stories that people have not lived through. <laughs> you know, I have some unique situations, so. Mm-hmm. My stories touch on how I use the martial art mindset to get me through certain obstacles. And as I said, they're kind of interesting things that you don't normally hear about. And they're great stories because it shows how you can overcome what you think you cannot overcome. So Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy sharing those personal, very personal stories because people can read them and they really feel like if she did this and she's just an ordinary woman and she was able to get through this, I can get through what I need to get through. So those are some of the basis. I'm also writing things about my opinion about why women start stop training along the way. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. some information in there about um, um, other women. Obviously, I'm going to have a, a great group of collaborators that I'm going to talk about in a minute. So the basis of the book is written by me with insights and other chapters written by other women. And, Rustida, you're obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but you are (laughs) one of my contributors. So I wanted to turn the table. I wanted to turn the table tonight and ask you, before I talk more about the book, what you think about this, this book that is going to be different chapters, about different women, different types of stories that they are living through, their lives, how they apply martial arts. Uh, I don't have your contribution yet. So, well, I actually have I have some of your contribution. I'm, I'm shocked. Um, <laughs> sure, so, what do you think? Yeah, Christina, what is your view of this type of collaboration? What do you think about this idea? Well, you know, when you first approached me with this, the first thought that came to mind was. It's about time, right? Because <laughs> you know right. the the premise of the book, I think, is needed because you know I know I know, and I'm just guessing that a, that a lot of people are are gonna just assume that oh, this is gonna be like more of like a feminist book or da 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 da, da but it's not. It's it it goes deep into you know the psyche of women in this activity. Right, because martial arts, it's it's not like, you know, going to co-ed soccer or you know playing you know volleyball on the weekends. It's you know for a lot of pe- a lot of people, me included, it's a lifestyle change. Um, 
or, you know, your bread and butter and it becomes part uh-huh. of your life. And, and, you know, we know that men and women that are serious about the martial arts do live the life of Budo. Um, but like you said, uh-huh. at the big, at the at the at the beginning of the show that men and women um are different and uh in a way we think a little differently and have a little bit of a, a different motivation than the guys uh when it comes to martial arts at least the guys that I hang out with <laughs> the guys that I hang out with all they want to do right you know but, you know and, it, and if it doesn't work yeah. in the street it's not real martial arts and you know I I I I've been around a lot of that and a lot of the posturing yeah. and the chest thumping and you know and stuff like that and uh, and believe it or not from some of the women too a lot of the chest thumping you know and a lot of the uh-huh. uh, you know very uh, militant feminism type of uh, type of thing and the the premise of this book is not the reason why I like that it's it's not like you know a, a feminist thing it's this is my story this is this is what I feel about this life as a martial artist. And this is, and this is how it is for me, not what everyone else thinks it's going to be for me, not what, you know, Uh the guy down the road thinks it should be for him. But this is about, you know, this is about each woman writing, of course, this is about, you know, how I apply it. And it's, and I know each woman that's going to be contributing to this, I'm sure is going to have a different, um, a different feel to, to the chapters they write and the uh, and the stuff that they share in this book, um, and absolutely. you know, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And I think you know something like this is is needed, and definitely something that you know anyone should read, but you know, men and women. And uh, you know, I'm I'm honored that you asked me to contribute to it. Um, and I know you have uh, a few other people that are contributing stuff based on their uh, journey through um, illness and stuff like that. And that's going to be really something interesting for people to read about because, you know, there are a lot of motivational books out there um, that are more like self-help books, so to speak, and Uh go out there and get them, you know, like go get them team, that kind of thing. And I think, I think book is going to be, um, just on its own, just but through women's words, um, is going to be motivational without the you know hip hip hooray cheerleading type of thing in a way, you know it's it's going to be great and uh-huh. I'm, I'm honored to be part of it and I think I think just like some of your other books that non martial artists or the, your blog I'm sorry uh, non martial right, artists right. should read it too so that way they can kind of get a glimpse of the martial arts mind. I think it would exactly. be, yeah. yeah, I think it'd be really good for them to, to kind of see, you know, what, you know, what people like us are all about. Exactly. I've told my students time and time again, Hey, you know, it takes a certain type of personality to stick with martial arts as long as you have, you know, so, you know, normally if I'm talking, uh-huh you know, person that's been a student for 10 years, I'll tell them it takes a special kind of person, a special kind of personality to be a dedicated martial artist every day for as long as you have. And of course, the students will look at me and go, well, you know, it's just every day saying, you know, I I don't see it as being special. And that was my point is that, and, and then I'll tell them, that's my point. It's your life now. 
And, uh, right. you know, I'm like, right. you know, I'm like, you know how kids will like, oh, I'll do karate. And they do karate for like three years and then they quit when they, you know, get on a soccer mm-hmm. team or something like that. Um, you know, it it takes a, I, I still think it takes a, a special kind of personality, even as a kid, to stay with the martial arts um, instead of just quitting because it was something to do or, or, or quitting because, you know, mom and dad wants wants them to do something. And, um, you know, with this book, it's going to show this special kind of personality with these women. Um, of course, they're not kids, but kind of the same thing applies. They don't have parents going, oh, well, you know, I think you should do this. A lot of times it's society that that, that says, oh, well, you know, you yeah. should be doing this. You know, maybe you should do that. Yeah. You know. Even good friends will say, oh, well, maybe you should do this. I don't know how many times I was told by some friends, hey, you know, uh, oh, you do martial arts. Are you still doing martial arts? Is that your full-time thing or do you have a day job? They just assume that, you know, it's kind of like a side Uh thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh, this is all I do. And then they kind of shake their head and they go, whoa, you know, how do you do it? (laughs) And it's kind of like, well, Uh you know, I don't know. How do, you know, how do, you know, how do T-shirt makers do it, you know? Yeah. You know, how, do, how do you do exactly. it as a graphic designer? You know, it's it's um, yeah. kind of like that, and they and they still don't understand. Um, so anyway, yeah. you know, I yeah. think I think that I, was that was a, a great analysis, really, of of what's happening. It's nothing mm-hmm. pushy. It is, as you said, individual insights. A lot of my insights, obviously, but. I wanted to get the insights of other women because each story is so different. Mm-hmm. And just to talk about a few of the women, because right now I have about 25 women that I've confirmed are, are sending in either insights, maybe just a quote or two. Mm-hmm. Some are sending chapters. But uh, I have Dana He, who's an Olympic gold medalist, mm-hmm. who will be sharing insights. Yeah. And she has an amazing story herself. Um, Alexandra mm-hmm. Allred, who is, was, an, uh, she's a martial artist. She was named to the first women's bobsled team. I mean, these are women who ha- have gone out of their way to do something extraordinary in their lives through their martial arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joy Turberville, who's the first woman mm-hmm. in the U.S. to be rated as a fighter in 1973. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just so many. There's uh, Kalina Cowell, who's the first Krav Maga female school owner in the U.K., um, and she is a wonderful and a very dynamic person. And on top of all these other, and I'm, I can't even name, name them all, uh, Master Kim Tran, um, Yo Dimitrich, Karen Eden Herdman, um, Michelle Manu, they're they're just mm-hmm. the list goes on and, and they're amazing women who have stories and I'm asking them to tell stories beyond just their martial art. I want to know about their personal lives and what how they've taken their martial art and lived it and breathed it. So these are really great stories. On top of that I have three beautiful women who have cancer stories to tell and this book is not a downer there's nothing going to be Mm -hmm. in this book that is meant to bring anybody down these cancer stories are positive uplifting amazing stories two of the women have breast cancer or are recovering 
One is, we live in South Africa who contacted me through my blog. Another has a rare disease, a rare cancer of the appendix, who is going through treatments right now as we speak. Um, who's a black belt, and they they have beautiful, amazing stories that, and for any man who's suffering from an illness, could learn from this mindset that they are using, can learn from these beliefs from their martial arts that are pushing them through this, helping them crash through the barriers that are presented in these illnesses. Mm-hmm. So um, I really think it's going to be so fantastic. And I have a lot of work ahead of me. I don't have all the mm-hmm. contributions in yet. I have the basis of the book written, have most of my chapters written. So I'm going to weave throughout the book these great insights or as I said some women will have chapters of their own I'm leaving it completely up to the contributor what they want to give to me as far Mm -hmm. as just a paragraph or a chapter or even more so I think it's going to be a wonderful collaboration and and as you said something I don't think has been done before Mm -hmm. it it hasn't Uh, you know just uh, out of curiosity I had um, I had Googled, you know, like, uh, women in the martial arts, right? And there is a book, if I remember correctly, called Women in Martial Arts. And it's um, it's it's not so much, you know, their insights as it is, a, uh, you know, their, their, their journey. Like, you know, this is how I got started and this is what I do and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, and uh oh there was another one that was uh had a lot of aikido women in it i forgot the uh, what it what it was called but there's not very many mm-hmm. books about women right. specifically you know, in the martial arts um you know or you know or auto racing or you know <laughs> anything like that so you know, that's <laughs> right. why i think <laughs> you know and that's why i think um you know a book like this you know, kind of needs to break through, you know, so that, yeah. uh, I mean, there, you know, there are biographies of, of women, you know, like Ronda Rousey has a, uh, has a, uh-huh. I don't remember if she wrote it or if it, I don't know if, I don't remember if it's an autobiography. Um, and then there's uh, another book, I think, just about women in uh, Kung Fu, um, Chinese martial arts. Uh-huh. And, um Right. Oh, that's right. Okay, I was, I was looking it up. I'm like, what's it called? It, it is called Women in Martial Arts, uh, written by Carol Carol Wiley. Um, and okay. uh, yeah, that's about it. That's <laughs> tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm very right. excited to do this. Of, of course, you know, I feel a little bit of pressure because I'm the first one doing this. Uh, mm. I have to make sure it's good. I have to make sure it's worthy of a reader, and I think it will be uh, because of, of of the contribution, but also because we really do have a lot of insights that I share with people that they are sort of amazed that I think that way. They, it, it's something new to the non-martial artist, and when I share <laughs> some of my thoughts with them about how it is I live as a martial artist every day, whether as a mother, a wife, where I work, everything I do, there's an element of martial arts in it. And mm-hmm. it's not always obvious to the other person. 
science fair. And when I when I mention it or how I'm using it, they can see it too. Oh, that's why you're so efficient, or that's why you're so dedicated to so many things. Why you're such a committed person, or why you care about others so much. All of those things come out because of my martial art, and so it's it's really great to to share some of that with with the world. And I think it's they're all important messages. Well, that was very great. Into my next question, though, Andrea, being a life coach, did you find that your martial arts and being a life coach really was a complement to each other? Yes, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, the life coaching uh, I I don't do a lot of either because of time. But people came to me because of what they were reading in my blog and asking them with their lives, uh, help them figure out a way to be more positive, how to make decisions, uh, what they should do as far as careers or moving forward or they're feeling lost. And, And so all of the things that I've talked about tonight, I, I help them see in the martial art mindset is is really what I use. And it's a great way to turn negativity to a positive, positive thing. I work a lot mm-hmm. with people and explaining to them, because we are so naturally, we, we so naturally want to be negative, don't we? You wake up mm-hmm. every day, you look outside, there's a cloud outside, so instead of the first thing you're thinking, oh, it's a rainy day, oh, it's dreary, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. I mean, you're just mm-hmm. predisposed to see the negative instead of the positive. <laughs> and so what I really do is try to give people the tools to change the way they're thinking, because that's what martial arts did for me, change the way mm-hmm. I, I thought. I Definitely. was not that positive of a person. I was really, it wasn't that I I wanted to be a negative person way back when, but I sort of was. I just that's the way I saw the world. Mm-hmm. But when I started seeing martial arts and gaining confidence in myself, and then when I started teaching and just all all through the journey, I just started to realize that I can be just as positive as I can negative, but it took work. It, it, there were tools involved. There was messages that I had to send to myself. And, for instance, uh, the uh, board break that I mentioned earlier, the board mm-hmm. break that I did in my green belt, I had never broken a board. I was still afraid of it. I was a green belt. I was in my test. It was going great. I had a wonderful exam, you know, test on, for my green belt. And at the end, my sensei called me up in front of everybody, and I thought, oh, no, because <laughs> what does he want me to do? Because the test is over. Uh, and there was a big audience there. And and I was uh, I was shaking in my pants. So I went up there, and he took out a board, and I thought, oh, you know, in the back of my mind, I had never broken one yet, and now I have to do it in front of an audience. And oh, that wasn't bad enough. <laughs> he took out he took out another board, so now I have two inches of board, and I was really I was really worried um, that I had to break through two boards now. Um, wow. So. This is what and of happened. Of course, he didn't tell you. He didn't tell I, you you were getting two, right? <laughs> oh no, no, not until he held them. Not until he just held them out in front of me, and he said, "Okay, you're going to do a jump front kick, and you're going to break these boards." So I thought to myself, "All right, I'm going to do what I have to do." And remember, all these eyes, I, 
I did what I had to do. I jumped up. It was a decent kick. Um, I jumped up, I kicked, and my foot bounced off the boards. And it was humiliating and embarrassing because all the people, and you could kind of hear this hush, you know, and the crowd kind of dismissing it and thinking, oh, oh, boy, you know. So I, I, he's like, you can do this, you can do this. And so in my head I said again to myself, okay, I, I have to do this. Um, uh, hold on one second. I'm going to change lines because my phone okay. is beeping. Oh, okay. Okay. So for okay. all of our um, listeners out there, I just want to remind our listeners real quick, um, if you're uh, calling to listen to the show on your phone, welcome. However, if you want to talk live with Andrea Harkins, please press 1. So that way I know you're in the color queue. All right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Please please go ahead. Okay. That's, that's fine. Okay. So second jump kick. He said, you can do it. You can do it. I jump up. I am, I'm ready. I'm thinking I'm good. I got this. And my foot bounced off again. So oh, here no. I am twice. Twice with the foot bouncing oh, off the board. And you know, if anybody breaks boards, it's just because your technique, well, it's two reasons. Your technique stinks. And... Mm. You have no confidence. Mm-hmm. So that, so you know, he just looked at me and said, "You need to break these boards." And I, and that's the minute I learned how to change negativity to positivity. That was the minute because I said to myself, instead of saying "just do it," he wants you to do it. You can break. You know, I finally just said to myself, "I have to do this. I must do this, and I can do this." And when I said, mm-hmm. "I can do this," and I jumped. Up and it crashed through, and it was the easiest board break I've ever done in my life because I can do. This. And that was the day that I really learned how to turn negative thoughts to positive thoughts. And ever mm-hmm. since then, um, I, I've used that as an example to help others. Um, sometimes you're humiliated, sometimes you're mm-hmm. embarrassed um, before you decide that you are the person that you are and that you just need to be who you are and stop what other people think or what they see, mm-hmm. worrying about fear, and you need to just crash through those things the way you the way you break a board. Mm-hmm. So that is a very tool. That was one of the very tools that I use uh, for people, whether they're martial artists or not, who come to me for life coaching or help in making decisions. A lot of time it's simply because they don't have the confidence, or they're too mm-hmm. worried about what other people think. And exactly. those are a couple of the things, and, and just the fear of the unknown. And it's just really those concepts that I've learned through a martial art. And uh, it's been a very positive experience for me. And I feel good about who I am, and that's what I want for other people. Um, and that's and that's kind of how I use martial arts in the life coaching aspects. And so awesome. definitely, you know, there is a there is a section on my blog. If anybody's interested in the coaching section, there's definitely there's a section there. You can sign up. You can send me an email, uh, and I do it by telephone, by Skype, in person, whatever it might be. And so I'm, I'm definitely cool. available for that because helping other people is just one of one of my goals. Uh, instead of martial arts being all about me, which it is for most martial artists up to a certain point. For me now, it's 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 also about other people. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I, where I'm coming from on that. 
Very cool. That's oh, a that's cool. a very cool you, tool to, to have for. But I have a quick question for Bob. Considering uh-huh. we're, we were talking about the board break, right? You know, two tries and then third times a charm. Yeah. You told yourself, "I can do this." So this question's for Bob right. because you know, you're a, you're a guy. When it comes to like stuff like that, it doesn't have to be breaking boards or anything like that, Bob. But in, let's just use it as an example. Do guys look at it a little differently because you guys are men, like stronger? Oh, I'm just going to break it. I mean, do you think that there's a difference? No, there's no difference at all. As far as the uh, self-talk? Okay. Because, you know, I I don't know. I mean, maybe I've just been around the guys that are like, oh, I'll just break it. You know, and then they'll they'll (laughs) break it. And I don't know if it's because the difference is there is a slight difference, though. The difference is if one of our instructors would have done that, and been a surprise like that, we may have slipped. We may have slipped when we went for the kick and kicked him in the groin. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but Andrea's Andrea said oh. something a little, uh, a little. You know, she had an expression. I was shaking in my pants. Rusty may have put it a little differently. <laughs> I do have a little, uh, I have a little different perspective on that, and and the difference oh. is, and I've written a little bit about this too, is that men sometimes, not always, but men mm-hmm. sometimes can power their way through something where yeah. the woman cannot and needs to use the technique of the finesse. I've used actually bowling as an example because if you've ever yeah. gone bowling with a guy. Um, mm-hmm. Even if he's not that yes. great of a bowler, if he can throw that ball really hard, he can get a strike. And yeah. you know, I need to go up there and kind of follow the lines and put, you know, and use a little more technique and try to get the thing down the middle. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, you, there, there are times I think when a man can power his way through something because of his that, size or physicality. Mm-hmm. Right, that and that's cannot. very so true. That's where women, where women have to use more of the technical aspect instead of the power aspect. But in the technique you were doing, I don't care how big and yeah. tall and, and buff this guy is. Right. If you right. don't do it right, right, you ain't powering through anything. Right. That's, right. That's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. In did, certain circumstances. Yeah, and do, do you do you two think also? Well, mainly for Bob, this main, this question is mainly for Bob. Um, do you think that also uh, men will tend to power through it not only because they know they're stronger, but because of uh, fear of looking like, oh man, I messed up, I can't do that in front of my homies. You know what I mean? Oh, that's absolutely one hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 we it, will it, try it, to power through it. So it is kind of like yeah. it's a different it's a different kind of self talk, in a way, you know. So yeah. Well, it looks like we That's have a true. caller. Yeah. Looks like we have a caller. There's okay. Several callers actually. Let's let's go ahead and take uh, right. this one. Let's go to area code seven one four seven one four. You're oh. on Dynamic Dojo. Oh, nice. It's me. It's it's Kumu Michelle. Hi, it's Michelle Manu. How are you, Michelle? <laughs> Hi. 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 Right. Right on. Very cool. Oh, sorry I'm late. I just, yeah, I had a commitment earlier and I just got free. So I wanted to call in. Right on. Well, we were just (laughs) talking about Andrea. Hi, Andrea. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Great to meet you here. 
Yes. And how's yeah. the show going so far? Really good. We were just talking about how uh, martial mindset, so to speak, and um, how negative ah. self-talk can uh, can affect uh, both men and women. We were just talking about the differences in uh, in how self-talk or you know uh, or even like motivation uh, or lack of can affect how we perform as men or women. So it was interesting. Bob was talking a little bit about, you know, the differences, like, you know, like uh, Andrea was talking about breaking boards. And, uh, you know, she mentioned that the second that she said, I can do this, I am capable, she was able to break two boards. And, uh, you know, Bob was talking about, you know, the difference in that, well, you know, we can power through it um, and we don't want to look like we fail you know, uh, or or that we're not strong enough or that we can't do this and can't do that. It's a different motivation, so to speak, a different yeah. kind of uh, self-talk. So very interesting so far. So, uh, but by all means, Michelle, if you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the mix. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I have a comment on that. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think yeah. that that goes for all areas of life. I mean, it's interesting, mm-hmm. like when I teach the women, I that negative that I call it the feminine predator uh, within oh, that uh-huh. is so self-critical. And what I ask mm-hmm. when I open yeah. up my workshops is, you know, think, hold someone in mind now in a picture uh, within your mind, who is the most beloved in your life that you would do anything for you would you would give your life for that you would care for if they were ill. I mean, you would do anything. And now picture mm-hmm. how you speak to that person um, and in the tone that you speak to them in. And then I ask the women to now look at themselves and hold a picture of themselves in their mind and do and check it against the way that the tone that they use to speak to themselves and the things mm-hmm. they say to themselves. And is it anything that they would say to the one that they love so very much? And if it doesn't match, then that inner predator is still very much alive. So that's, wow. you know, gets the women really thinking about, how the, there's a double standard in society, but we also have one for ourselves. And we, and you see it all the time, woman on woman. Women have it for other women too. It's almost as oh, if right. you know, the abuser. When the abuser is removed, male or female, then the abusee becomes the abuser of the abusee or other oh. people. So it's a really, you know, fascinating dynamic. And so if it's martial, you know, that negative self talk, then it is. But I think it's mm-hmm. like a part of of just life. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great that's way to do that. That's a great way to help people recognize mm-hmm. that negativity is is really always there. I was sort of talking about how we're all predisposed really to it. It's mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a work that you have to do to see beyond it and to find the positive and to change the way you think about things. So that's a great example of, of how you can help people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Definitely. important because otherwise it continues. It's just programming. And, you know, once you realize you do it, then it's not, again, to condemn yourself because that's like a double whammy. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh, right. gosh, why am I doing right. that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> God, you're yeah, so stupid yeah. for talking to yourself like that. I mean, it's just a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like we have another caller that just came on. Let's go ahead and uh, take this line. I know. The lines are blowing up. Area code 417, you're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? Tony Collins. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Hey, Tony. Wonderful, thank you. Uh, awesome. I was actually, I, I chimed in when you got to the whole Wreck-It Ralphing through the 
boards uh, question that you asked Bob about, uh, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. because I fully understand, and I think you're all correct about that, uh, breaking. I, I did a little bit of breaking back in the day, and uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. When when guys go to do things like that, it is more ego than it is anything when we go up uh-huh. to break boards, break bricks, or anything like that. And unfortunately, the other truth is we can muscle through it. We can, you mm-hmm. know, throw mm-hmm. everything we have into it. And in my personal opinion, that's a dirty bit of cheating because you take <laughs> focus. Yeah, well, you take focus out of it. Yeah. You take, yeah, you take exactly. a big portion out when you do it that way. But if you watch, if you really watch the person, you can tell. You can see them mm-hmm. do it. You can see the tension long right. before they're supposed to tense up, tense up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and you can see that happen. Um, I watched a video on YouTube, and this is also goes along with the whole low self-esteem part. This this guy, he was really fairly skinny. He was a, a really small guy, and he was setting up to break brick uh, concrete slabs. Actually, is what they were, and I mean he just couldn't do it. But you could tell he was perfect form. It's not like mm-hmm. he'd never done this before. His form was excellent. I'm sitting there watching this, and he was just having an off day. Oh, my goodness, they ripped him up one end and down the other. All, through, oh. all the comments and everything was being a white yeah. belt, stink, you're terrible. you know. And I watched this, and I'm like, you're not looking at this guy. Look at his face. He's used to going through this. But he was intimidated at some point in time during right. this show. He lost mm-hmm. his focus completely. And unfortunately for him, he couldn't muscle through that. That was a situation where he couldn't cheat. And mm-hmm. since he couldn't muscle through that, why, oh, man, they ridiculed him horribly. And I well, think YouTube. that in a yeah. lot of ways, yeah. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. And I think that in a lot of ways uh, – you know, the the double standard that is there, that any time a woman does the same thing where she'll lose that focus, why well, she's just ripped apart in the martial arts communities for not mm-hmm. losing the focus as they would, you know, be looking right. for. But more on the right. lines of they'll say, well, she couldn't do that. She she just didn't have that in her. She didn't have the, the outer mm-hmm. strength, let alone the right. inner strength. You just want to pop them in the back of the head every once in a while, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> no matter what you. <laughs> well, that's that's great. I, I just I I want to throw a caveat out there, and that is, you know, that I'm not. I don't think all men power through things. Um, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to think that. I believe that a man can break a board just because he's powerful. I do believe there are many that have great focus and and do it the right way, and technique is impeccable. Um, just in some circumstances, I do uh, believe with the power of, of his body that he's able to, to do that in circum- certain mm-hmm. circumstances. Um, yes. And it's unfortunate that YouTube YouTube is, you know, it's a great tool, but it can also be very devastating. Just like any social media has its downside, mm-hmm. uh, it's very, it can be used in an be hurtful, and I don't like things like that. I don't like to see things like that. But um, they are—they also do 
provide examples, like you just mentioned, that even though unfortunate for the person who is trying to do it, uh, it does. It is a reminder that of, of what is needed to actually perform those types of breaks as well. So, mm-hmm. interesting comment. Right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But don't we need those yeah. reminders? Definitely. Yes, we do. We do. Oh yeah. Definitely. Especially since, like, everyone on YouTube is a master. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I can't even, you know, like, you know, that's why I don't put too many YouTube, public YouTube videos uh, out of myself. Yeah. Because, you know, because of the YouTube masters, everything is private. um, Or, you know, where everyone, you have to have the link from me to see the video. Um, because yeah. you know, there's always going to be someone out there that can do this better, or do that better, or like, want to be your teacher. You know, I had a 20 year old guy, you know, wanted to teach me, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a young lady tell me I agree that with that. we were training <laughs> yeah. outside, we obviously weren't a real dojo. Oh, wow. And it's like, really? Do you think that they always had a dojo? Do you think that people always yeah. trained inside? Wow, right. you don't know history very well, lady. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You don't have air right. conditioning. Yeah, you don't right. have air conditioning. You don't. It's not right. a dojo. <laughs> you don't have a yep. locker room. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I know, right? Yeah, um, definitely, so definitely. Uh, lots of comments. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So, Michelle, do you have any uh, questions for for Andrea as far as um, her book, her her journey? I'm sure you're already covered Yeah, probably. We've covered so much. But, yeah. Michelle, I did want to thank you since we're on the air together. I did want to thank you for being a contributor because it's so very important that I have women like you and Restita who can contribute some insights from their experiences. And everybody in this book is contributing something different. They have different walks of life and Mm -hmm. different lives that they've led because of martial arts. So I did publicly want to thank you, and I'm so glad that we had the chance to meet here. Uh, but if you do have any questions about the book, I'm I'm certainly happy to answer any that you might have right now. No, I'm just honored, and if Rosita didn't contact me, I wouldn't really know much about it. There's so many posts on Facebook and people doing great things, but this really just spoke to me. Of course, anything that Rosita refers to is well. I mean, look at Rosita. I trust her with everything. So I know. Thank you so much. And I and I owe you an apology. I wanted to have something to you at least three days ago, and it's just life. But I'm almost done with um, – I need to reread it all. I did some on the plane home from – uh, South Carolina, and now I'm just making the final touches, so I'll have that to you soon. And um, I guess excellent. what inspired you, you to really um, write the book, to pursue a pro- such a worthy project? Well, I'm as a, I am a blogger. I've been blogging for a couple, almost a couple of years now, and my blogging is really an outreach based on my martial arts mindset. I I call it how I've gone through personal obstacles or how other people, it's really just an outreach to help other people live their lives better, find more positivity in their lives. And I use martial arts as a vehicle to help them see how to do that. So the book was really an extension of some of that. 
mm-hmm. and some of my opinions about what I've seen over the years and how I how I believe certain things have come about and, and different topics. And um, the publisher suggested that I speak to some women who are in the industry who would have interesting insights and comments, and that's how that started that part of that phase of it. So it, it just turned into something incredible. I really didn't expect it to be so widely accepted, and every woman that I've asked, Hmm. One single woman has said, no, it's not something I'm interested in. So I knew that there was a need for it, and I knew that there was a, a forum for this. And it's just really turned into something spectacular, something needed. Yeah. Uh, and and there's just so much, and, and so many great contributors. So I'm really thrilled. Well, I agree. Cool. <laughs> it's wonderful. Thank <laughs> well, you. Thank you. And just... Yeah. Keep up on my Facebook page. I also, for for the listeners and for all of you, I do have two Facebook pages, my personal page, Andrea Harkins, uh, that I post a lot of martial arts information, and my martial arts book Facebook page. So it's just called The Martial Arts Woman, mm-hmm. and it's a book page, uh, and I post information there. I post bios and photos of contributors, uh, some of I'm working on, so there's a lot of information on those pages if anybody's interested in, in checking those out if you're not already connected to me there. Thank you. Very cool. Oh, very cool. Now, Andrea, what is so, one of the principles of martial arts that you use in your daily life? What principle of martial art? Let's see, because, you know, I don't think about living a martial art principle but mm-hmm. I think um, things like integrity and mm-hmm. is very important to me. Being being who you say you are, and, mm-hmm. and part of that can't ha- part of that cannot happen until you're confident in who you are. So I'd say you know, certain things in my life have given me that confidence. Um, martial arts certainly have, and and I'll throw this out there, which will probably shock a lot of women. But after you turn fifty. Um, my age won't shock you, but this will shock you. You know, after you turn 50, you see life a little differently, and you suddenly realize a lot about who you are. And so I use mm-hmm. both my age and wisdom, wisdom from my life and my martial art, really to lead me to some of the, the philosophies that I use. And integrity and things like that are very important to me, commitment and dedication. You don't start mm-hmm. something and just leave it. You, if you start it, you finish it, um, and you and you do it well. And so these are just kind of some of the, the philosophies that I use. Um, I am very productive, as you can see, with all the different things. Um, I did want to mention a few of the magazines that I that I write for because they're so integral in in what I do. Um, mm-hmm. The World Martial Arts Magazine, I write for them monthly. Mm-hmm. I have a couple mm-hmm. of articles in there this month. I write for MA Success Magazine, which is uh, an interesting magazine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, yeah, um, of course, my blog, which is called The Martial Arts Woman. And I write for the Parish Village News, which is my local paper who publishes my articles every month. And uh, Conflict Manager is another magazine that I write for on occasion. So I just I appreciate everything um, that they do for me as well as far as um, getting my work out there. And um, and so my philosophies really just are 
you know, be a productive person, do what you say you're going to do, commitment, dedication, commitments, and integrity, and those types of things are the things that I try to live by every day. And, uh, of course, I fail sometimes, just like everybody else. I'm not perfect. <laughs> they're just sort of <laughs> they're just sort of personal goals that I, I try to live by and mm-hmm. uh, do my do my best with with those types of things. So um, that's where I that's where I am on, on sort of that. But I every day of my life has something to do with the martial art. We eat dinner together and we talk about martial arts. So it's just uh, it's not just me. It's my family and and um, so it's it's just something that I I can't really live without any longer. It's just so much a part of me. Very cool. Very now, just cool. out of curiosity, this is this is uh, strictly a, a martial arts question. What's your what's your favorite thing to teach while you're teaching? My favorite thing to teach. Well, yeah. I I enjoy kata, um, and if I picked an age group of people I like mm-hmm. to teach, I I love teaching I love teaching children because they are so open. Mm-hmm. to what you learn. I really enjoy uh, working on like a small circle jujitsu type thing, small, uh, escapes and grabs. I love that because it combines a martial art with a defense, self-defense. Um, so there, there's a few things that I really enjoy. I like the beauty and artistry of kata, but I also like the uh, learning how to escape from a a hold or a grab and I like teaching that because it's a, it's a good concept for kids, women, men. Everybody needs to to know how to get out of some of those types of things. So, those mm-hmm. are a couple of my favorite things to teach, awesome. but I really enjoy teaching every everything. So, um but those are those Very are sort cool. of my my highlight. Very cool. I like teaching kids and, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and so anyway, if if we have time, um, I don't know where we are in time. There's we have your, about 20 minutes. You know, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'd like to bring up another concept, and since we have some, some women on the line here, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask a question because I have a way of, of viewing this, but I, I want to know what other people think. Part of my outreach, you might say, or part of what I'm trying to do um, with my blogging and the writing, is to get more women interested in taking a martial art. Um, mm-hmm. And I see a few things in the industry or in media maybe that hinder them from doing that. And one of the things that I see, and this is really not to bash anything, but it's just a, maybe a question to you all. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of media, when you see a poster of a martial arts woman, for instance, you might see a a woman wearing a very small top and very small shorts, mm-hmm. um, very mm-hmm. fit and athletic, um, mm-hmm. you know, like a bra top and a very short shorts. Mm-hmm. And this might be on a motivational poster or something like that. Might I don't know what might, what it might say, but motivate yourself or what? artist, but she's she's dressed like that. To me, and it's a it's an opinion and. It, it's not meant to demean uh, media or, or anything. But to me, some women or girls might look at that and think, I can't do a martial art because I don't look like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, and personally, I've never seen a martial arts woman wear those things, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, 
a traditional artist is always in a full gi, and I can see um, right. a, a woman wearing a full gi who can be very beautiful. Um, I think some of the photos that have been taken of me recently made me look better than I am. But to me, some of them were very beautiful artistic photos that could still sell something. But this is my opinion, and I'd like to know what all of you might think about that. Well, that, you know what? That's a good question. Now, is. Michelle is, uh, I, she's not from a traditional art, but Michelle, did you train in a gi? We have a gi, but we also don't wear a rank. So we're just a bunch of goofy people in our own halal. Uh, that makes no sense. <laughs> but no, I don't train in a sports bra and, and bikini bottoms. That, that I do not do. <laughs> <laughs> Now, and some martial arts don't wear geese, and I get that. But a traditional art definitely does. So, um, you know, that's where I was coming no, from. No, and we that. do. We have it. And I actually had it on for that one uh, video that I did for Masters Magazine. We do have it, but generally we don't. It's not like we use the geese. Like a lot of other arts, they use the geese to throw. We actually right. use the arm, right. you know, break the elbow. But, um no, I mean, we have T-shirts and polo shirts, but my Alohi is 80, so he's still, when we go out in a group, I'm in a navy suit with a white turtleneck. We're very much in the early 70s. <laughs> 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 it's, it's horrifying. Okay. So I'm starting yeah. to change it, though. Um, you know, because I'm incorporating more hula than my Alohi did, these pants are just not practical. I can't see the students' knees. They can't see their knees, their feet, the way they're moving them. So for me, it's like... Um, three-quarter stretch pants or stretch pants, and a lot of my women don't like to wear stretch pants, so they wear kind of like baggier shorts, um, baggier pants, and they'll roll them up. But um, And in just regular shirt, T-shirts are fine. I don't mind tank tops. You know, most likely we'll be – we have to train yeah. in everything that we would be in on the street, and then, right. um, okay. which includes heels, you know. So, yeah, I – but back to your original point of, you know, would that be intimidating or cause women to not want to join? Possibly. On the other hand, if women are close to um, their goal weight or their fitness level, that might actually be inspiring. So I guess it's just right. the intent. If she looks like a stripper that's just posing as a martial artist, then, yeah, that's going to come off, and it's going to turn off a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, well, that's, that's a I great agree. comment. Yeah. I can see the motivation part for sure if it's somebody who's really been working and, and they're fit and they're feeling good themselves, and I could see where it could be definitely a motivation. And that's why I wanted to ask the question. I really was yeah. interested in what, what other people's perspectives were uh, on how that appeared and, and what they thought about that. So so thanks. That was a great answer. I think it's – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go oh. ahead. I was just going to say something about, you know, augmented breasts. That will just throw it off. And, yeah, that is not motivating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's my motivation, though. Yeah, for men to join, not for yeah. women. And, but, see, that was my point. I'm sorry, but martial that, arts know, is not a beauty contest. Exactly. exactly. Thank right. you, Tony. That's right. Thank you. That was my point, was that, you know, if you have, like, these advertisements of women in the sports uh, with the – you know, with the uh, defined triceps and, you know, uh, spandex shorts and stuff like that with the six-pack, you know, it, I think it's it's gearing more toward the men at that point. And, yes, you yeah, know, you're absolutely right. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, and yeah. it's kind of like, we don't want, you know, it's not, it's not that we, that I'm not saying we don't want men to join, but it's like, if you want to attract the women to, to right. pursue the art, um, or even just the workout, even, it doesn't have to be the whole art mm-hmm. and lifestyle change. Um, then, yeah. you know, why not advertise, you know, uh, you know, larger size women or just, you know, just everyday women in their geese or in their T-shirts, you know, like, you know, usually when I teach kids, I wear a, a karate gi and a belt. When I'm teaching like wushu or if I'm doing more kung fu that day for uh, concepts for that class, and I'll wear a kung fu uniform. Uh, when I'm doing stick fighting, it's a T-shirt and sweatpants and wrestling shoes. You know, who's going to, you know, I mean in in a traditional aspect you know no one's going to wear a sport bra but you know michelle did hit it on the nail when she said we have to train in what we would be wearing in real life Mm -hmm. um in in my case you know a t-shirt and sweatpants is probably what i'm going to be wearing Mm -hmm. not a karate uniform but you know i really don't think that you know the advertisements of um you know the women that are half naked you know are going to sell any more uh, women uh, right. personally. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll make sure that the men know who they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that, also, who that, are they trying to attract and yeah. for what? Because if mm-hmm. you're a man who's looking for a martial art, you're not going to go with, oh, look, this dojo has the prettiest woman up here with the slinkiest outfit. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, you're right, not. right. And a, and a woman's going to feel the same way. She's not going to look at that picture and think, yeah, that's how I want to train. It's more on the yeah, lines right. of, uh, to me, it's a humongous turnoff. It, it should be either, like you guys have all said, either go traditional or go with what you're going to wear in the street. But for crying out loud, don't think that you can go in a bathing suit and, and, and gi pants and everything's going to be okay because it's not. If I ever have a student show up like that, they're gone. Our history. Oh my! Well, you know, I want to. What I want to know then is why? Why is it that there aren't like, you know, all these advertisements of like these shirtless guys in their speedos advertising? Yeah, and about. Yeah, and yeah. About. I mean, it's kind of like you know. Yeah, no, I'm not. No, I'm not even going there. Guys shouldn't yeah, be looking yeah, for yeah. that either. Yeah. Yeah. If they do, they're singing "Careless Whisper" or something. Oh jeez. And, and trust me when I say this, Rusty, you do not want to see Tony and I on a poster with speedos and shirtless. <laughs> Bob, you could have gone all night long without saying it that way. Okay. <laughs> and if you do, I'm going to have you committed. If you do, it's photoshopped and all that other stuff. And for God's That's sake, right. give me abs. <laughs> and, and, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll be my head with Ryan Gosling's body. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I know, I'm glad I figured out such a lively topic for the show. Um, which, which, and I feel, I feel like the interviewer tonight. I have so many questions for all of you. Yeah, but please. Here's, here's my next question. Here's my next question: Is so, how do we get more women involved in the martial arts? What are some of your ideas? Because is first of all, I use my age in my favor because I'm 52, and 
I can tell people if I can do it, you can do it because I'm 52. Mm-hmm. So that you don't have an excuse. You can't use age as, as an excuse with me. Um, mm-hmm. And I always tell them this as well. I'm an everyday martial artist. Uh, you will not find me on YouTube. You will not f- find me receiving Hall of Honors, Hall of Fame mm-hmm. awards. Um, you will not see me, you know, just on TV or anything like that. I'm just the everyday woman who's in the dojo teaching, doing the best I can, helping other people learn a martial art and how to live with a, a martial art mindset and how to grow personally that's who i am and there's lots of us out there um we're all famous and we're not all grandmasters you know there there are just women out there who are are instructing and trying to do a good job and so Mm -hmm. what i use to tell women is if i can do it you can do it i'm just a day woman i'm 50 years old i've got lots of commitments and four children but I can do it, and I can, you can too. So what are some of the ways that you all think that we can get more women involved? Not not every woman has to be a black belt, maybe. Exactly. Um, maybe they can at least take a self-defense class. Or, you know, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think that we could get more women pulled into to the martial arts um, arena and and. and, and that's, that's, a good a, question. that's a tough one, really. It, it it's is. a very good question because a lot of women that are in the martial arts are in it for a specific reason. And usually that reason has to do with, oh, I have to defend myself or I have to defend my kids uh-huh. or I have to do or something they already that starts had... off with a negative connotation. Right. And you've got to turn uh-huh. that negative into a positive almost immediately or all you're going to end up doing is teaching them women's self-defense instead of having somebody who's going to stick around and really go through the ranks or really go through the the material that you really want to hand them and want to give them. Even Mm -hmm. if they're gifted in it, you'll find that you're still going to lose them in all the right places, like the biggest dropout point being the second belt. In our case, it's yellow belt. Uh, Mm -hmm. Second biggest being blue belt. Last biggest being first degree black. You're going to Mm -hmm. lose them in those areas if you don't have that that motivation go from negative to positive. Unfortunately, a lot of times that's what we see throughout not just our martial arts media, but also the media in general is this negative connotation. And you're you're going to find that that's going to get them to the dojo door more often than anything else. You know, they want to Uh protect themselves. They want to protect their kids. You know, they don't live in the greatest neighborhood something of that sort, but it's up to us as a martial artist to make them feel more confident and make them feel more comfortable with their situation and not, like, panic that, you know, oh, your husband seems to be a nice guy right now, but give him a little booze and watch him go. And, uh, and right. he may not be that way in yeah. any way, shape, right. or form. That's the way they make it sound. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it is what a tough else? question. Because um, I've I've tried the women's uh, women's only self defense classes and I've tried women's only classes uh-huh. <clears throat> and uh, the one of the drawbacks with the women's self defense classes is that it's it's eight weeks and you know I know that I remind them okay you know please practice your skills you know so you have them you know but many times they don't it's it's an eight week thing and right. it's good that they feel empowered. 
and it's good that they feel more confident, but you know, like anything else, if you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't practice it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's just one drawback that I've found. Uh, and I'm still to this day trying to, uh, trying to figure out, you know, uh, how, how do we attract more women, um, to martial arts and martial arts, uh, for women only. Um, I've been asked, uh, most of the women that ask about, uh, women only classes, um, want to be in it because they don't want the judgment from the men or they don't want to work with the men. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, they might have, you know, fears from, you know, past experiences or whatever. And I, and I respect that. And, uh, but it doesn't, it's, 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 it's like how I, how I tell all of my students, you know, if you keep working with the same best friend partner, you're only going to know how that best partner moves. Exactly. You've got to work with the, uh, you know, tall people, the smaller people, the bigger people, the, you know, uh, the big guys, the little girls, you know. Um, so everybody learns how to adapt to the situation. And uh, sometimes it just goes in one ear and out the other with, with some women. And uh, then I I lose them uh, because I don't have right. women's martial arts classes anymore. I used to have one, but I don't anymore. Um, because so far the women that we do have enjoy working with the guys and the, and, you know, knock on wood, you know, we've also been blessed with guys that, you know, are there for the same reasons. They just want to improve. They just want to get better and they don't care who they work with. You know, they don't care if they work with, you know, little Noel or big Jeff, it doesn't matter because they know they're all getting better. Um, but you know, the, the, the only thing that I can do is be that example because I'm their teacher and a woman and, you know, and give them something to go home with that makes them really go, wow, that was a cool class, you know, um, and, you know, just have them spread the joy. You know, that's the, that's the only thing I can do now. You know, I've tried ads, I've tried, you know, internet, I've tried, you know, all sorts of marketing sticks and gimmicks online and, yellow pages and stuff and you know word of mouth i found is like the best advertising definitely yeah and what uh, what i think is happening what i think happens in a woman's mind is there is a fear of the unknown she's not sure what's going to happen in either a self-defense class or a martial art class a lot Mm -hmm. of women are afraid of going to a self-defense class even though I explain to them, in my self-defense classes, I, uh, they start off very simple. I read scenarios. We talk about awareness. We talk about personal space. Um, we learn how to say no and yell and stop. And we start with these very simple tasks, go all the way through letting them kick bags. Because a lot of women, we forget, have never had that experience of just kicking a bag, never mind fighting right. a person. Um, mm-hmm. They don't even know what it feels like to kick something or to yell, and yeah. those are some very basic things. Yeah. Women are initially afraid, just like I was at my first class, my first martial arts class. They're afraid of that, and they're afraid of going into something and not knowing what what they're going to have to do. Is somebody going to jump out and attack me, and I need to figure out how All to right. get out of it? Oh, what's going to happen? And I think that there is a fear, and, and one thing that we can do perhaps is try to be more open about showing what we're doing in some of the classes. Mm-hmm, um, if you're going to use no YouTube, you could perhaps show a class, this is what we do, this is some mm-hmm. of the things that we do. So 
so that it, they can see and be more aware of what exactly it is. But I do know that with right. self-defense classes, women are afraid of going to them, and that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose uh, of the class exactly. itself. So maybe more awareness on what we're what we're teaching and what they can expect beforehand. Maybe when they sign up or w- when you promote a class, you can sort of give a scenario of some of the things that they'll be doing. I don't know. These are just oh, things off the top I, of my head. Can I see mm-hmm. something? That I'm not- yeah, um, please. When I was Absolutely. recently in Atlanta in Chicago, and I was talking to my sister while she was driving me uh, to O'Hare, and, you know, the next day I'm returning to teach six hours at the college of two different self-defense workshops, and very poorly attended, uh, so much so that it was canceled, and it's now rescheduled for March. So I think that we have to look at um, – well, first, you know what my sister said to me? She's like, self-defense. She's like, I think just men have ruined it. Certain unhealthy men have ruined it. And I I hear self-defense and I start laughing like it's a, it's a skit. It's a comedic skit, and I'd much rather spend my time having a root canal. <laughs> <That's What? my> <laughs> wow. And wow. she's right, because there is so much um, resistance. And I think it's partially, Andrea, what, what you're saying. Women don't know what they're going to learn. But that's the thing. They don't know what they don't know. Um, you yeah, know, and right. I think that we have to look at the, you know, to get women into martial arts and even just the, giving them the right to think about defending themselves and giving them those tools they may not need, but they'll have them is, you know, look at their intent. Is it fitness? And maybe you can slip some of those in there to where it would then drag them into, um, you know, voluntarily drag them into self-defense, which would then, um, you know, appeal to them in studying a, 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 an art, you know, and then maybe mm-hmm. then compete. Mm-hmm. So go into the sports aspect to you know fine tune and hone their skills, uh, and mm-hmm. all of you know that all of that progression uh, leads to more self confidence. And you know, you're breeding new teachers through that, and they can be here like us talking about how we were scared too, you know, initially, and where we found our power and how we continue to develop that. So I think it really has to do with meeting women where they are, which we're all doing. Us right. three, I know that for sure. And mm-hmm. gently just prompting them and teasing them with a little bit more and a little bit more until they're like, oh, my gosh, how did I live my life without this? And so it's getting mm-hmm. them in the door yeah. first, I think, through fitness. Um, exactly. You know, the kickboxing. I mean, look at Zumba, for heaven's sake. It blew up. You know, we, we yeah. need to have something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Billy Blank. And, and, and I, take Z- <laughs> I take Zumba, by the way. <laughs> I love Zumba. And there's, there's so much more we can talk about, for sure. Um, we're, are we Definitely. starting to run out of time here? Yeah, we've yeah. got yes. about two minutes, but I want to get like one last thought um, here. We've got another friend of the show, Aaron Huey. Hi, Aaron. How are you? What are some thoughts uh, about uh, what we're talking about? Can you, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, oh I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, so we got like uh, two minutes. To, two minutes. I just, two it's minutes. so funny that Kumu just mentioned her sister saying root canal. Because somebody just told me the same thing about taking an ST class is like getting your teeth cleaned. And while you're there, you realize you need a root canal, so therefore you need to take martial arts. And they just kind of don't want to know what they don't, what they already know. And I want mm-hmm. a friend of mine just confided that she doesn't want to face the internal thing. She goes, it's much easier for her husband to go take martial arts, and he just has a good time. He's not going to process mm-hmm. all the things that is emotionally brought up. And, right. uh, and she goes, that's really the huge thing, is that, you know, and women want multidimensional. They, she goes, um, that's why I think why, you know, Kumu's class is so interesting for the women who take it, 
to dance and it's the art. And women are thinkers. They they kind of like that stuff. And But, mm-hmm. you know, women just don't want to deal with the feelings. And Madam Gal at Palma, back when we were up north, remember how mm-hmm. she told us, somebody said, why did we never see women in China doing Qigong in the parks? Mm-hmm. And she said, the women were too busy. Right, said, right. You know, women are at home and they're the primary caretakers. And I just can't help but wonder. I know uh, I commented on one of your posts the other day on Facebook. I've had to quit mm-hmm. martial arts three times. Because, right, you know, right. you, you have to put your children first. And if you don't have a spouse to pick up mm-hmm. the slack. But um, but the other thing is, is uh, the uh, women have been saying in the surveys I've been taking is that dojos are icky. Down a little bit. Gosh, that got like really loud. Sorry. It just came really, on all by itself. Really quick. <laughs> Really quick, yeah. I don't know why it did that. Um, but we are, unfortunately, out of time. Uh, I'd like to see about uh, possibly having a part two to this because this uh, this has opened up other um, other uh, subjects within this. So if, um, if that was possible, would you like to join us again, Andrea? Oh, I would love to. Yeah, I have, I have tons of topics that I would love to explore, awesome. so. Yes, I'm very would be so very honored great. to do that. Thank you. Very great. cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Kuma Michelle, for joining us. And Aaron. And, oh, we lost Master Tony. And a uh, big thank you to Bob, my esteemed co-host, who's always one of the best co-hosts. The only best co-host I've ever had. No, I think <laughs> uh, Grandmaster Drill was really cool, too. <laughs> but anyway... Thanks, everyone, and have a great rest of the week. And uh, keep your eyes peeled on Dynamic Dojo Facebook page uh, for next week's guest. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.